Hey, here we are on Mother's Day, gonna cover UFC Fight Night 87 from the Netherlands. So uh, stay tuned, we're gonna be in one, two, three, go. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Oh, we're not doing that anymore? So, yeah, no, I was surprised that they would turn Cap gay. Who would have thought that? First gay superhero in the Marvel oh, Universe. I thought you meant Captain Crunch. He's he's very sweet. I mean, have There's you seen that. that hat? There's that. There's oh. Cap sweet Captain Crunch. You know oh. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah? Know, you smell it? Oh, what up, world? Here we are on Mother's Day, Sunday, May 8th, 2016, here on AfterBuzz TV, about to cover the UFC Fight Night 87 from... Amsterdam, or is it Amsterdam or the Netherlands? I know Amsterdam is in Rotterdam. 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 Rotterdam in the Netherlands. How close is it to, you know, the little red light district? Uh, it's closer than Dallas is to New York. I promise you that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, uh, you know, if you hear that uh, recognizable voice, that's J-Tan over there. Hello. And I'm of course, uh, <laughs> we have, uh, not new to the panel, but new to me. Right, so it's yes. finally a pleasure to finally share this experience with you. This is the first time we had the big three finally set up. Absolutely. George, Gabriel, Gabriel, George. Gabriel. Yeah, what's up, man? And then uh, before I introduce myself, <laughs> why don't you guys introduce yourself? Twitter handles, Instagram, Snapchats, uh, MySpaces. I quit everything. PlayStation Network. No longer social media. Live Journal. Done. Luddite. Periscope. Tag and bag them. Actually, is Tout still a thing? <laughs> you you would know you better know, than we would, my you friend. Know, I feel like Jay is that guy who still checks his MySpace. You know, just every well, now and you then. You never know. And I still better still be in your top eight. <laughs> I forgot that that was a thing. That never came over to Facebook, huh? The top eight? Well, that's because Facebook was smart. But yes. I know. guess. But where, I can, can be, where can people find you on the social media? Go ahead, Jay. All over it, frankly. The Facebook, <laughs> the Twitter, the... What's that? Instagram, the Periscope, but you'll never find me. I'm lurking for you. And I actually recently joined Snapchat as well. Okay. Oh, nice. Mostly because I thought there was going to be a lot of booby shots, but mm -hmm. so far, nothing. Who are you following? Somebody no, tell me who to follow, <laughs> for God's sakes. No, what's up, guys? You can find me on Twitter and Snapchat at Double G on TV. And of course, I'm George Hermosa here, or they, they spelled Arlovsky wrong, uh, here on AfterBuzz, G-H-E-R-M-O-Z-A, George Hermosa, G Hermosa. We're on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. We're going to talk some fun. And in the main, in the chat room, of course, our main cornerman, Joe Boza, is in the house here. Starts off saying awesome fights, with awesome, awesome card with awesome fights. Really surprised we didn't have a fight of the night. Hmm, I don't know that I would agree with you completely, my friend. We will get into that. Shortly. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. But yeah. uh, overall, I mean, first, first, first off, UFC's first time in the Netherlands. Obviously, there are some fighters that are from there. We're going to get into that in a second. But uh, overall thoughts on the event, Gabriel. You know what? I like the pacing of this one. We had finishes all throughout that main card, and I think that was just perfect. We saw a lot of the European fighters really step up to their hometown crowd, and what more can you ask from that? They showed up, they delivered, and the competition didn't fold either. There were guys bringing it on both sides mm -hmm. of the crowd. G10, I know you usually like to run down the card. Why don't you uh, go ahead and tell everybody yeah, the sure. results of the card? Yeah, sure. We'll do. We'll start at the bottom. <laughs> You passed it off to me so you could avoid all these uh, names here, didn't you? You do it anyways. <laughs> Uluka Sasaki uh, opened up the card uh, with Willie Gates. Whoop-ass Willie Gates from local Red Run here in Fontana. Mm -hmm. Caught mm -hmm. Willie in a submission in the second <laughs> round. Uh, rear naked choke. Leon Rocky Edwards over Dominic Waters by decision. 
uh, Kyoji Horoguchi over Neil Tutap Siri uh, by decision. That was uh, there were two flyweights. Uh, there was a flyweight match. There were two flyweight matches. We're, we're going to talk about the flyweight division later on today. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, at lightweight, uh, Reza Madadi over Jan Cabral by TKO in the third. Josh Emmett, uh, mm. a late uh, late mm. addition, impressing impressing me at least, mm-hmm. over uh, John Tuck by split decision, uh, 29, 28, 28, 29, 29, 28. Magnus. Jo- Josh Emmett's going to get a lot of, his name's going to show up a lot in yeah. the next few days. We'll, we'll talk about they, why. They threw a, well, that, yeah, the injury, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I think they also will, I wouldn't be surprised they put a rocket ship <laughs> on his butt there, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I think he's going to have a fast rise. Magnus Selenblad. Uh, Sedinblad, excuse me, who uh, is a new new addition to uh, to the UFC. A little bit of hype behind him over G- Gareth Soldier Boy McClellan. Uh, TKO in the second. Soldier Boy is from South Africa, mm-hmm. and when you name yourself when you, when you're nicknamed Soldier Boy from South Africa, that gets me a little bit nervous. Mm-hmm. I get flashbacks to the '80s and uh, you know Sun City uh, Sun City protests and all that. It's probably way too late or way too early for many of you people listening to uh, to this show here. Age what? Do you know what I'm talking about? Hell no, uh, man. That's exactly. I, I was born in 91. Main, uh, main event of the preliminary card, Rustam Habilov returning to lightweight uh, over Chris Wade. Decision uh, pretty much uh, just well, 29-28, uh, 30-27, 29-28. The main card, Carolina Kowalkiewicz, I believe. Uh, I, I practiced that one. Over Heather Joe Clark, unanimous decision. Um, Nikita Krylov over Fransomar Baro- hmm. Baroche, I believe. Is that name Ivan? Ivan? Yeah, is that name Ivan? No. Okay. Ivan Krylov? I don't know. No, you're, you're, you're Ivan Kolov. Yeah. Close. Yeah. Close, but no cigar. Right. Uh, but that was his decision in the second uh, over Fransomar Baroche. Uh, Jermaine Deratomy over Anna Elmos is TKO in the first, which is something worth talking about. Oh, six yeah. inch six inch height difference between these two ladies, and Duran Duran Dami is a is a ten time kickboxing champion. I just felt this was so silly. This bothered me to a certain extent. We'll Gunner Gunny Nelson over Albert Tumanov uh, submission in the second by Rune Naked Choke. Stefan Struve over Bigfoot, Antonio Silva, TKO in the second, uh, in the first, excuse me. That was uh, that was a quick one. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the main event, the one that really stood out the most in terms of name value here, uh, the Ream, Alistair Overeem, finally uh, securing his shot, most likely, I would think, for uh, UFC heavyweight title shot. He defeated Andre Arlovsky, TKO in the second, um, just by... What Hulk smash, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I think um, in the second, in the first, I actually it looked like Arlovsky was going to pull off a big. I would have scored Arlovsky you know? for the first. Let's talk about that yeah. fight. I would have scored. Yeah. I gave him the first, the first. As well. Um Yeah. I mean, what is it? Was it mostly the flurry? These the flurry that kind of started off with because I know Reem was able to take him down. Mm-hmm. So how? I mean, why? Why the flurries over the takedown? I think the fact that um it looked like he hurt Overeem, you know, we've seen that Overeem, he has some trouble with guys who are more active. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the flurry against the cage, that didn't look great for him. And also, Arlovsky was more active. Yeah, Overeem tends to start slow, but in the first round, he looked... It, looked, it didn't look like he was being measured. It looked like he was just more tentative. He didn't want to get in there and maybe have to eat a few of those punches from Arlovsky. 
I mean, Overeem's kind of known to not really start off pretty quickly. I mean, right. if you see a lot right. of his finishes, it's usually a second round, third round. So it looks like he just wants to be able to survive that first round. Yeah. Is that a good strategy to have, especially in that division? Um, I, I think you're going to have to get over that, given you know, given who he's going to face next, mm-hmm. whether it is uh, Verdum or Stipe. Um, it's both of these guys have been around for a really long time, and both of them have taken a lot of shots to the head. You know, they've been they've had really bad knockouts. As we know, that'll affect you a lot of fighters going forward in your career. So they've they've already kind of punched those those notches on their card, as it were, yeah. right? Um, so to that end, um, you I, I can understand being a bit more hesitant. And it doesn't surprise me in that respect that Arlovsky decided to try and catch him off guard or put him immediately on the defensive by coming in with that flurry really fast. And it looked good. I mean, it had him had him against the cage. Um, but after that, it was it, it got to be the match that I kind of expected yeah. it to mm-hmm. be in terms of two guys, older but also veteran, uh, but you know, not not at their prime to be quite honest. Um, having Taking a lot of shots and, and being careful with, uh, you know, they they wanted to make sure they didn't get knocked out just as much as they wanted to win, in my opinion. And um, so it, when Arlovsky or uh, Overeem took Arlovsky down, um, that could have stolen the round. I did give it to Arlovsky, mm-hmm. um, but I could understand uh, Overeem getting it because of that, you know, kind of a last-minute impression on the, on the judges. I wouldn't have agreed with it, but it wouldn't surprise me. Overall, mm-hmm. was, was the fight exactly how you thought it would go? No, personally, for me, I thought that our, um, not Arlovsky's, um, Overeem's size would be more of a factor. Mm-hmm. It did play in toward the end of the first round where he really was just kind of able to push down Arlovsky. But I really didn't expect Arlovsky just to be able to push him around as much just with his punches as he did. So I think that it required that adjustment from Overeem, and that's what got the victory. So it was a good fight from both guys. I Mm -hmm. mean, we know they trained with each other. That was, you know, they kept pushing that throughout the broadcast. So I think it was interesting to see, hey, these two guys know each other a little bit, but they had to make adjustments if they wanted to win. And Uh I love the commentators on this one. They they were kind of emphasized like, oh, these two don't like each other. I'm like, eh, I wouldn't go as far as say that. I mean, yeah. they're just trying to hype the fight. I get it. But well, Arlovsky, yeah, Arlovsky was pushing pushing that storyline. Uh-huh. And yeah. also, I think it's interesting that um, it, if depending on who you believe, Arlovsky said they only trained, they only sparred twice. Uh-huh. So it's not like they they happen to train at the same location, but it's not like they have a long standing. Uh, it's not Rashad and John yeah. Jones, uh-huh. you know. So I I think there was a little bit more. Or not as much to that, really, as was made. Um, but I, I you, you got to sim- find a storyline, obviously. Yeah. I think it's similar to when they talked about GSP and Carlos Condit, how they both worked so much at Greg Jackson. Uh-huh. You know, there's so many... Uh, yeah, Greg Jackson is the main mastermind over at that gym, but there's so many assistant coaches that it's probably possible that they may have seen each other, but they don't do a lot of rounds, a lot uh-huh. of personal work, actually, you know working technique with each other and actually learning each other's style. So I agree with Jay. They were just saying what they had to to make sure people knew, hey, we are going to bring the fireworks tonight. I mean, is that typical for a lot of these training camps to kind of have more than one guy, one top guy from the same division? Because you look at, you know, uh, like Alpha Male, you have Uriah, or mm-hmm. had your or how, how it is now, I know everybody kind you of You still got Uriah at Alpha Male. No, but you have yeah. Uriah, but you had Joseph Benavides in a different division. You have yeah. uh, TJ in a different division. You, you even look at AKA, Cormier, Rockhold, Kane, and Velasquez, all different divisions. To the point where Cormier even moved down a division to not face Kane. 
So, I mean, essentially, maybe it was a little bit harder for Greg Jackson. Like, how does he determine who to who to side, who to corner? Well, Which he ended up cornering Arlovsky. He, I know he talked about it on Ariel's show uh, at one point. I don't, uh, I don't really know offhand or remember uh, his decision-making process. Mm-hmm. Other than that, like, Arlovsky's been there for a lot longer than over Rame has. Yeah. So seniority has one thing mm-hmm. to do with it. Dave Meltzer, many years ago, talked about... Uh, in his Wrestling Observer newsletter, which everybody, by the way, should be subscribing to. Otherwise, you're a casual fan. And that's fine, but I'm just saying. You want to learn <laughs> something, you you read Mr. Meltzer. Really interesting point that he made, though. And, and he was this may have been during the Rashad John Jones um, era when, when that match was building. Um, you have, throughout the nation, you've got tons of gyms, right? And you've got fighters that stand out there. Guys that break out from the pack of their own individual gym because they need to because they've broken out from the pack they need to go to another place to improve to get for lack of a better phrase better or uh, more appropriate training partners heavyweights that are in let's say you know tennessee or new york or wherever are going to end up at aka because that's where the top guys like cormier and uh and velasquez and, and luke are and so you get this dynamic throughout the country and throughout the years where gyms, you know, fighters gravitate to certain gyms, which means that other gyms um, kind of fall off the map, for lack of a better phrase. So now you get you end up with this cluster of top fighters of all the same sizes at certain gyms, like alpha male, mm-hmm. you know, with lighter weight guys, um, aka with bigger guys. Um, you, you got kind of a mix, really, at uh, at Jackson's, for example. But it does. The problem is also only only several gyms stand out. You know, yeah. like the three that I just mentioned. Um, we have that right now kind of on the upswing with, uh, um, who am I thinking of? Black Zillions, uh, maybe? Uh, that to an extent, yeah. But I was thinking, in, in previous years, but I was thinking also... Um, TriStar? No, 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 no. Um, Long Island. Uh, Weidman Longo. Uh, you know, yeah. or, Sarah or, Longo. or Sarah Longo, Sarah however Longo. they've... However, they have it named yeah, these days. Starting to um, grow a bit. Yeah, yeah. So you, you got a middleweight guy there. Um, you got uh, uh, Ayakinta. You got Aljo. Um, you know, kind of the middleweight weight classes, if you will. Yeah. Um, Aljo's obviously a little bit mm-hmm. on the lighter side at 35, but you, you get this strange dynamic where you know the, the quanti- the quality uh, gets concentrated at certain gyms, certain areas, but then the quantity of gyms falls off. You know. I think though we have to also take into account workplace politics. So one of the things we've really seen alpha male for a long time because so many of the guys were in close in weight, especially Uriah Faber and Joseph Benavides, mm-hmm. or and then later DJ Dillashaw before the fallout. That hey, we'll talk about it between ourselves if we will fight each other, and if so, it'll only be for a title. Mm-hmm. Or we yeah. saw it back in the day with um. I want to say it was AKA with the trifecta, Josh Koscheck, John Fitch, Mike Swick, when all three of those guys were like right there for a mm-hmm. title shot, but mm-hmm. all three were saying, hey, we're not going to fight, fight each, each other. other. Yeah. So you have that kind of dynamic going on. And I think it's not just to the personal gym, but to the fighters, to the coaches, how they're going to handle that situation. All those things play factors and yeah. there's... Not necessarily a trend to it at all, yeah. Yeah, for example, I think uh, Bigfoot and Overeem, for a while, they were both at Black Zillions. When Black Zillions agreed to bring in Overeem, Bigfoot Silva said, look, we're both right there at the top, you know, mm-hmm. we're most likely going to fight, so he chose to leave the gym, you know. That's not to say that there's a personal problem with Overeem, that's just him saying, hey, I need to keep this on an evil... 
on a level playing field and that's what's going Lots on. Lots of conflict of interest from the coaches and like who yeah. they side with, why him over me, etc. Yeah. Exactly that's what yeah. happened to John Jones and Rashad Evans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the guys got to do what's best for them. Yeah. If the guys like, you know, if they're comfortable fighting in the same gym, just maybe not with mm-hmm. each other, okay. If they're not, they just make their decision the way they have to. This is one of the things that makes team sport, individual sports like this so complicated. Right. Um, and especially combat sports. You don't really see that in bowling. Right. Not a lot, no. Right, yeah. I, I, wonder, <laughs> I wonder what you do see in bowling, other than beer sponsorships. I don't know. Maybe not even sponsorships, just beer. <laughs> but going back to this fight, uh, Overeem, obviously, TKO, Victor Arlovsky. Mm-hmm. Is it safe to say that Overeem gets the winner of Stipe versus Verdun? I, I would say, think so, probably. I, I say yes. I had JDS a little ahead just because he was the last guy to beat both of the guys. Mm-hmm. But because of the fashion in which Overeem defeated Dos Santos and in the fashion now that he finished Arlovsky, I think he's jumped ahead in line. I think he's the more intriguing matchup mm-hmm. despite JDS being the former champion. I think they want to see some new blood too. Obviously, we've seen yeah. Dos Santos mm-hmm. at the top. We haven't seen Overeem get that title shot. Right. Uh, with that said... Um, in no way, shape, or form does Travis Brown and Kenny Velasquez kind of. Yeah, I think it's at the oh, fashion. If Brown wins, if Brown wins, then he'll be in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, and over, over. You think him? so? Yeah, yeah. I, to, actually, not necessarily. Well, yes, he'll be in the mix. Okay, but that's not necessarily saying that. Uh, saying that people say. Or, or that the, the UFC brass decides Brown deserves it more than Overeem. Does it depend not on who that. wins, though? It depends, it depends on who wins or in, what, Kane uh, Brown? No, no Verdun Miocic. Um, because Verdun had, did have that decision win over Brown. And then Overeem has a Possibly. decision over Verdun. I don't think that, there's, I don't think that the, the rematch storyline necessarily has much to do with it. It has to do with availability mm-hmm. and injury and when they want to book a card. And these two fighters, do we want to put them in this city or not? Let's put it like this. Um, uh, who am I thinking? Uh, champ. Let's say uh, Verdun comes out. Uh, it's Verdum and uh, Verdum and Travis Brown, and they decide that they do that they are going to do a Hawaii show towards the, you know sometime in the fall. Okay, you're going to give Brown that title shot there. You're going to stick him there, right? I'll give it but that. if they've got to fill in a spot in uh, in Philadelphia or something like that, you know, then Brown becomes less of a conversation piece. So there's a lot of different moving pieces going on here, and a certain certainly a a, a big part of it is. Who's the top guy and who deserves it? Yeah. Now, to that end, yeah, I think we're talking about Overeem. Um, JDS, you know, is is possibility. But Brown, if he comes out, is, is the winner of that match as well. Velasquez, I don't think so. Even if Velasquez comes out the winner of that one, they'll give him another match mm-hmm. before you start talking about him as a title guy again. I feel like Velasquez is actually still really up there just because they were they did have him penciled in, and I think that if he has a dominant enough performance against mm-hmm. Brown that he could jump his place in line because he has, I guess, the biggest name value of the contenders. You know, he is the guy who beat down Dos Santos twice. He is the guy who... I don't think he has really that name value it. anymore, though. I think that's all been fabricated. I think they've been he's been one of these guys that they pushed they they hoped yeah. would take off, but injuries. I think injuries have really plagued his for lack of a better phrase public persona right. and people's trust that he's going to be a dominant guy that right. that's a guy that I want to see because even if he does get to the title shot and wins the title Still got to expect that he's going to be get injured. You know, mm-hmm. we might th- that title that's might go on the shelf true. again. So 
Um, yeah, I think New Blood, especially now, in, in the conversation we're going to talk about with the weight classes, um, this summer, like the next two months, are going to blow wide open uh, oh, yeah. the conversations, you know, of, of who's who's next. You know, we're getting a bunch of title shots. Remains to be seen who comes out on top and has the gold. And then after that, if it is a new face, we've got a whole new mix of 10 to 15 people to talk about for uh, for for new matchups, definitely not a bad problem to have. Yeah, uh, just if an influx UFC, of main eventers yeah. as opposed to another division that we'll yeah. probably get into in a little bit. The only but situation where that's not the case is speaking, DJ. Speaking of heavyweight division, we had Stefan Struve, uh, maybe like I guess maybe a comeback story in its own right. Uh, in my opinion, a, a new look, Antonio Silva, kind of going for the George Hermosa look, kind of growing out his <laughs> hair with a beard. I'm just throwing it out there, and it worked great for him. Um, I mean, probably in the amount of time that I've I been felt- talking about this fight, it, yeah. it's already ha- it happened. 15 seconds. KO. Yeah. Not surprised. I'm honestly, I, I'm not surprised it's true. One, I am surprised. I'm, I, I'm surprised how long it was. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what'd you guys think? Really? You I thought it'd be longer. I, I, oh, I, I did too. How I mean, short it was? Shorter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I expected uh, a lot more out of uh, Bigfoot Silva. Mm-hmm. I know he's had trouble with some heavy hitters, Mark Hunt, and those guys in the past, but. Against Stefan Struve, a guy who's not, yeah, he has knockouts, but he's not really known for taking guys out quickly. Mm-hmm. So I think that to be taken out like that, I think that says a lot about where Bigfoot Silva is. Mm-hmm. He is, yeah, for being such a big dude that you think could just mow over a lot of guys, he's just taken a lot of hits. And unfortunately, I think he's a guy who's really... What's his ranking right now? I'm not sure. Antonio Silva? Yeah. I don't I, even think he's ranked. I, uh, yeah, I thought he was maybe still... Yeah, Bigfoot is 12. Mm. Yeah, I thought he was in the second part of the top 10. That Definitely um, going to be unranked, I'm sure. Yeah, I think that slides him out. And I think that just speaks to... You know, he's had some tough fights. He's been in the game a long time. Mm-hmm. And Struve just being younger, being the you know as technical as he is... We just saw more where Bigfoot was at compared to Stefan Struve. Aside from being in his home country, you know he's got a lot to prove. Oh, yeah. You know, he hasn't been able to win some of these fights that he puts up, you know, in the main event or co-main event. Um, Obviously, he lost his last fight with Jared Groeschelt. So, obviously, he comes back, and you know he wants to stay relevant. What year was he sidelined with his heart valve situation? Was it two years ago? I yeah. I thought it was 13, 14, yeah. Okay. That's, uh, that, that's a factor as well. I'm looking, taking a quick look right here. He's fought once in 13, once in 14, twice in 15. So, I'm guessing that it was Had probably... Had a 20-month like layoff between yeah. uh, Mark Hunt and Overeem. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, yeah. and those were two losses. Um, that may have changed him. You know, in that time since that that issue, uh, lost to Mark Hunt, lost mm-hmm. to Overeem. Those are understandable. Yeah. Uh, win over uh, Antonio Hojero mm-hmm. Nogueira, um, who that was last year. You know, and that is an aging uh, little nog, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, no, that's a big nog. A big, For, yeah, heavyweight. Damn it. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Uh, that's what I meant. But Jer- lost to Jared Rochalt. Um, and then a, w- a win over Bigfoot, you know, 16 seconds. He caught him. He mm-hmm. caught Bigfoot. Yeah. And, and, and like jo- Gabriel said, it, it, it says just as much about where Bigfoot is as it does where Struve is. But, you know, his loss, his wins were against Bigfoot in that way. Mm-hmm. And Keep in mind, he has a, an he has aging a big knock. knockout victory over Stipe Miocic. Hmm? He's, he's knocked true. out Stipe Miocic, right. the number one contender for the Four UFC years anyway. ago. Yeah. Four years okay, ago, okay, yeah, yeah. before all this happened. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Stipe has no. certainly grown. I think what's most frustrating about watching Stefan Struve is for a guy who is seven feet tall, who has the second longest reach after John Jones, how 
often it's become a non-factor. I mean, uh, obviously styles are different. I'm not saying he should fight like John Jones or maybe Alex Gustafsson, but you'd think that with that kind of physical advantage over so many guys in the heavyweight division, um, compounded with he's got a great ground game, just how frustrating it is to see so many guys control him or get in close to knock him out. I feel like by now in his career, he should be able to really exploit that for more success. I don't know if it is his chin. Maybe he is. He mm. has just taken too many big shots too early from guys like Hunt. But I think that's the most frustrating thing with Struve is for a guy who should have so much potential, who is so well-rounded, he just loses a lot of fights. I feel like he should win. Mm-hmm. Chief Cornerman Joe Bosa checks in. So it's Stefan's health issue happened at UFC 195. He was supposed to fight Matt Matrioni. He only had four fights that we only had four fights that night. Huh? I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think maybe, no, the, man, maybe the main card had plenty, four fights. Plenty more fights. Yeah, maybe the main yeah. card. I think I personally uh, had like three. To be honest with you, um, I mean, there's there's a lot of fights. lunch room doesn't count, George. <laughs> yeah. Um, I definitely want to talk about each division, but uh, is there anything else from this event? Obviously, some people stood out. Gunnar Nelson. I thought channeling his inner Conor McGregor. I thought. Yeah, I, I think yeah, a different too, right? stance. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the Europeans they just came out and they put on a great show. Um, mm-hmm. Jermaine de Derendami. Um, you know what? I found it surprising. They said, "Hey, they did offer her Chris Cyborg, but she wanted to fight in front of her yeah. hometown fans." When so you saw they the got her somebody six inches. But you it, get a tie box, a champion tie boxer, and you give her somebody six inches shorter. Godspeed you, to Anna for taking this fight. But yeah, come that, on. she was so smiley before the fight too. It was kind of sad to watch her get beat down. But when you see the reception that Jermaine got, mm-hmm. you know what? Hey, how often are you gonna get that in you life? Know. They may give her cyborg down the line, but she may sort never get another chance to fight at exactly. home. So. I got that. Uh, the first fight with uh, Carolina over Heather Joe Clark. I've never seen anyone more relaxed before. She was just literally li- the, la- the like wing. leaning oh, yeah. on the cage, just like, and she just gives a wink to the to the to the camera. Yeah. I was like, right. okay, that's. Yeah, scary kind that, of that was scary but hey she brought it I yeah. thought hey, if we were going to have a fight of the night I thought it was going to be that one because despite Heather Joe Clark trying to bring it um, Carolina she uh-huh. really just she put it on her for just that old fashioned beat down that was a good fight in my opinion uh-huh. it was decent yeah um, you either have a really scary person in somebody that just winks and goes uh-huh. hey guys right? let's fight or um, yeah, it's like the serial killer kind of thing um, or you got somebody that doesn't really respect Heather Joe Clark, mm-hmm. um, and Heather was doing the best that she could. Just seemed, seemed like she couldn't quite get off mm-hmm. uh, with her strikes. Much she wanted a lot of you know strike into clinch work. Um, you know, Carolina I, could be fun. She she could be somebody that they could get behind. Um, I want to see a couple more, uh, or at least you know, I want to see some more out of her performances. Yeah. Uh, I, before I, we start talking, but I can see her. Uh, Separating yourself from the pack mm-hmm. and and kind of becoming another uh, Joanna Yanjacek mm-hmm. in yeah. terms of, oh wow, this chick is out of nowhere. She's fun to watch. Let's let's yeah. get behind her. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely gritty. I think she'll be fun to watch in the next fight. Whoever mm-hmm. they put her in with. And real quick before we get into the divisions, uh, have you guys seen the the, the finger? Yes. So uh, it's right here, buddy. Josh, Josh Emmett's finger. <laughs> yeah. It's not for the squeamish. So. Uh, yeah. You know what? We'll and he won. Spin. He won with the with that with that torn finger. And that was his UFC debut. Yeah. So you know what? He's showing. Hey, you know, I wasn't gonna just punk out on my mm-hmm. first fight. 
That was bad. That was ugly. But you know what? He came out and he won that fight. So good for him. What do you guys think? It was a split decision, 29-28 in respective corners over John Tuck, who's a guy that I like mm-hmm. and think has a lot of uh, potential. Um, did you guys see it as a uh, as a split decision, or in, or how did you score it? Did I mean I scored a two to one, Emmett? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. What was I mean? Emmett impressed me. He was really aggressive yeah. in the first and second. I think and Dana White been been a hit, or not Dana White. Uh, Uriah Faber's been hitting up uh, Dana White just constantly. Hey, put this guy, put this guy on mm-hmm. the card. You'll see. And obviously, he young was team alpha male guy. Yeah. Um, that third round though, if if. If Emmett's finger had not broken in the third round off of that kick, uh, do you think that – would you have scored it for Tuck? Do you think that Tuck would have won that that round, or do you think that uh, it would have been Emmett 30-27? I think it probably would have been Emmett 30-27. I, I was I very, impre- I, very impressed by, by him. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It seemed like he took his uh, his foot off the gas a little bit uh, early in the third, realizing that he uh, that he had you know Tuck's number. Um, my guess, but uh, but then after that kick, obviously he was very much on the defensive. Um, yeah. But I feel like it was that kick and that damage that one tucked the round more than anything else that he necessarily did. You know, you kind of got to give him that round by default. But otherwise, I think it was a really strong performance by Emmett. Um, it's a guy that we'll uh, we'll see a lot from in the future. I think. I agree. Agree. I agree. Uh, anything else you want to say about this night of fights? No. Overeem Struve, Gunnar Nelson, Jermaine Durandamy, performance of the night, no fight of the night. Kudos yeah. to all of them. Uh, but yeah, I, I kind of want to talk about it. Obviously, it's our first time all three together. Right. kind of want to hit up uh, what your guys' opinions on a lot of these weight divisions. Obviously, we were talking about the heavyweight division earlier. Mm-hmm. Kind of talking about the uh, not a bad thing for this influx of just all these potential main eventers. Obviously, you got matchups yeah. galore down the road. You know, you have Cain Velasquez, Travis Brown on UFC 200. Uh, next week, we have the title fight. So, obviously, we, we talked about the heavyweight fight or the heavyweight division. Uh, what about this light heavyweight division? Obviously, a few weeks ago, we saw Jones versus OSP. Uh, they announced uh, Anthony Johnson versus Glover Teixeira. That's in, in ma- a natural matchup for for the division. You know, I don't. Obviously, it's a big upswing for uh, Glover Teixeira. Mm-hmm. I think um, obviously three. Anthony Johnson loses his spot in line. But then you got to think about activity. You know, this is going to be a while by the time everything's out. Don't take into account injuries, mm-hmm. how long he might have to wait for the winner of Jones versus Cormier. So I think it's a good fight in the interim, and I think it would really cement Anthony Johnson's place as the top dog and a real pound-for-pound guy if he has those wins over Gustafsson and Tashira before possibly fighting Jones or Cormier and possibly getting a win over them. Um, yeah, this it does make sense between two and three, AJ and Glover. I'm a bit more interested, though, honestly. I feel like we're close to getting into a bottleneck that we had with the heavyweights just a year or two ago um, between Jones, Cormier, AJ, Glover, and See, even Alex. With, even with Alex, I mean, you got somebody like Gustafsson who, who, in my opinion, can just go, but he's lost to the, the top three guys, Jones, right. Cormier, and, and Johnson. So mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like I want him to fit in, but he can't. Right. He lost to all three of these guys. But yet, yeah. if you put him in against guys, say, ranked 5 through 10... Put him against Bader or maybe against Tashira. Or Rashad. Yeah. He's going to own him. Rashad's been on the on the decline, though. I don't, I don't know yeah, if he might yeah. Yeah, so, fight again. Like Rashad. To, my, to, to my point, though, what's fascinating, when you look at the top 15, I think more interesting than the top 5 and what those matches are going to be, mm-hmm. it really is, you know, say, 5, five 6, 7... Down to fifteen. Who are going to be the new guys coming up? 
Um, Nikita Krylov looked pretty good yesterday. Nikita Krylov looked good. Corey Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ilir Latifi, I think, is going through kind of a uh, rebirth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he debuted as a last-minute replacement, kind of uh, dubious yeah, auspices. Yeah, just because it was a tweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But since then, mm-hmm. he has had the time to reinvent himself. Same thing for- with Patrick Cummins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Durkin as well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I forgot where uh, Latifi is. I want to say... Uh, Latifi's 13. ATT? Yeah, but it, oh, yeah, yeah. team-wise. Yeah. ATT? I think so. Okay. Um, but wherever he is, you know, we're seeing uh, we're seeing them make him a better fighter. Mm-hmm. And that's exciting. Um, and he's got a, you know, he's got quite a, a big gregarious personality that I think people just don't realize um, they haven't seen enough of him yet. But yeah. I think... If he gets those big name matches and if he wins, then it's gonna build up that notoriety. Yeah, it's gonna another another one where people are gonna go, Oh my god, this guy's fun. Let's <laughs> right? get behind this guy, you know? No, but um I agree. You know what? It, of the top five, obviously Gustafsson has ended up at the bottom. The number one's gonna be decided by the winner of Jones OSP. Mm-hmm. And um the big name that I have standing out uh, at light heavyweight coming up is Corey Anderson. If I'm not mistaken, he's an Ultimate Fighter winner. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who we really start to see a lot more on the main cards of a, some of these events. So I feel like that's the guy that maybe the UFC is trying to see if they can build him up into that higher echelon. But right now, you know, it's that five-man race. We're going to see what happens with Jones and Cormier. Didn't and then they... Anthony Johnson's going to have, you know, one chance mm-hmm. to have a final word on it before those rankings well we're gonna see anderson next week and uh against shogun in brazil but even with anthony johnson i think a lot of people aren't too they're not really too fond of seeing anthony johnson cormier i think the only money fight is john jones anthony johnson Mm, just to see if john jones can kind of i I still think there's gonna be enough at the last minute well maybe not last minute i think we're too early for there to to for people to get excited about jones cormier Mm -hmm. but jones cormier yeah okay but Mm -hmm. i I think oh you you think one of them's gonna get hurt no, no, no. I, I'm sorry. Which was the one that you said people Jones, weren't? An, Jones, uh, There's Anthony not money Johnson. in? No, I think there is money in. I, I think right. that's the only... Like, John, we saw, which, we've seen Jones beat Teixeira, Gustafsson, Bader, OSP, or Shot. Pretty much Which almost, is the one that doesn't have money? Was the one you said? Jones Cormier. Isn't that the one? No, no I think... I think Rumble, Cor- Johnson Cormier. Yeah, Johnson Cormier. Yeah, the rematch where yeah. Cormier... Of, of those three opportunities, yeah, the three different combinations, yeah, yeah. for sure. That'd be I mean, I feel that's... so bad for Gustafsson, though. The guy, he lost such razor-close thin decision against Jones and Cormier. Mm-hmm. He got you knocked know, out by Johnson, though. Yeah, the only thing, though, he's uh, it's in his hands. If he be... Whoever he gets next, you know, I demand the loser of, let's say, uh, Johnson and Teixeira, if he wins that one... Who knows what plays out? He certainly could be up there for a rematch mm-hmm. with Cormier after um, their close fight, or John Jones. So well, we he haven't does seen have the a... opportunity to jump back up, but he has to win those fights. Yeah, well, he, well, Bader doesn't have a fight coming up. OSP just lost, so I don't know who, who knows about Gustafsson where he fits. I want to see him. I want to see. I, I want to see more of Gustafsson, but again. I don't know yeah. how his confidence is I, since uh I wouldn't put him in against uh, Bader or OSP just because those guys I think we have seen now they're the gatekeepers in that division. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately for Ryan Bader, I'm sorry, but that man has been massacred by everyone who wants to break into the top five. And mm-hmm. I think we've shown that, you know what, he's just not that level of fighter. I wouldn't put OSP in that same uh that the same not breath yet? though. Wait, not a gatekeeper. Okay. Gatekeeper is somebody that's been established and you use them as the uh, as the gatekeeper. Stone. Yeah, stepping stone. Michael Bisbing. 
I suppose, yeah. yeah. But I think that there's still uh, there's still plenty of gas in the tank for, for OSP. Okay. There's still a, a future mm-hmm. for him. Chief Cornerman Joe Boza is jumping in here and says, whoever wins the co-main of Holly and Valentina might have to wait until after uh, after the holidays because you might have to assume we have a trilogy with John Jones and DC. Maybe. Which is a possibility. If it's a close, uh, so close match... 200 because you have Jones if he wins it's like he he tugged Cormier's title but then he's up 2-0 against Cormier it's like you, know, you want to see round three I don't know we'll see hmm. we'll see how it's that really goes it's just weird you know obviously you have John Jones who essentially is undefeated with the exception of a DQ loss who's never lost his belt mm-hmm. now is coming after it so again UFC 200 it's gonna be fun it really no, depends yeah, on it, how it, these it, things play it's out it's just gonna be that's just gonna be a fun night to see we just gotta see everything play out just like we've said all night there's so many of these matchups so many injuries health is such a big factor with these we don't know mm-hmm. what's well, next well, the besides next, well, what's next is middleweight well, okay, the, well the next four weeks yeah. so the next four weeks we're gonna see a big big tilt in this division you have Rockhold Weinman in, uh, here in LA on June 4th uh, next week in six days Jacare against Vitor which I'm excited for Uriah Hall, Anderson Silva. I don't know if that's going to mean anything for the title picture, but either way, what do you guys, what, what what title, what what fight are you guys looking forward to the most in that middleweight division? You know what? Hmm. Just on a personal level, Anderson Silva to me, he's mm-hmm. always been the man. He's always going to be the man. So anytime he's in there, I'm excited to see it. Um, as far as the future of the division, um, Belfort, uh, Jacare, that's probably the one that's going to be the most fireworks mm-hmm. and is going to. I feel like if that's an exciting fight, mm-hmm. if they don't just kind of stall each other out and just really subdue each other's skills, then I think they jump in line ahead of Michael Bisping, mm-hmm. who I think we've come to believe is the next one mm-hmm. after beating Anderson Silva. Maybe. So those two fights, I think, are right there. Next title contender? Yeah. Hmm. Just uh, because no. Yoel Romero, we know he's he's not about to get a title shot in the near future, and well, he's, he's got to wait out his suspension anyway. Yeah, but once he once he does his suspension, once he fills that, then he may get a title shot. Yeah, well, because he uh, it still counts as a win. Yeah, yeah, it's it wasn't overturned. It's a win. Well, right. And there is a fight though. True, totally. Yeah. But if Chakare if Chakare does not perform, um, then you're looking at Belfort as a contender. Lots of storylines here too, because you have yeah. Devitra Belfort who. Not too excited to fight. Uh, for me, not too excited to see him fight Weidman. I do think Rockhold's going to win. That's right. a lot of storyline there, too. You know, Rockhold's been dying to face Vitor Belfort again. Yeah, mm-hmm. Rockhold wanna, wants that one back. But I want to see Jacare up there. We've seen them in Strike Force again. I thought they've always had fun fights. But again, Uriah Hall and Silva, he's got so much to gain as opposed to Silva, who if he beats, if he wins, it's like, oh, well, you beat Uriah Hall. That's the most imaginative yeah. fight that we're talking about here. Rockhold and. Uh, Rockhold and Weidman are really close, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, that's going to be a great technical fight. I'm excited for. Chakare yeah. Belfort. I don't really. I'm not as jazzed about it as as you guys are. Mm-hmm. But Anderson Silva versus uh, versus Uriah, Uriah Hall. Hall is new school versus old school. It's Bruno San Martino I mean, versus yeah. uh, Luis Abisco. Sure. I mean, go, go, <laughs> going that era, going, going again, back before you were born. Gigi. Going back to <laughs> Ultimate Fighter Jones versus Sonnen, a lot of people were thinking that this is the next Anderson Silva, Uriah yeah. Hall. That guy was just completely taking, sending people to the hospital. Like, oh mm-hmm. man, this is going to be the guy. Yeah. Obviously, we've he seen some roadblocks, swing, but you know. we've seen him when he can go. I mean, this guy is just a straight up killer. It, it's mm-hmm. going to be a big indicator of where Anderson Silva, I think, is at because yeah. I think we can both agree that uh, all three of us that Anderson Silva's experience 
should be enough to really dominate uh, Uriah Hall. But at the same time, if Anderson's skills really, you know, if Father Time has just slowed him down too much, then it's very easy to see Uriah Hall just being first to his mark and Uh beating Anderson, whether dynamic fashion or just a straight-up decision. I mean, we have Hector Lombard coming back to middleweight. We have Robert Whitaker, who is looking more and more impressive every single time. Mm-hmm. Not sure why Tim Kennedy's still ranked. I don't think he's going to fight ever again in the UFC. Really? Not Hector? ever again? I don't know. I think he he'll definitely be back. felt like he doesn't want to fight for he'll the, be the back. UFC. Yeah. I've personally never really been a big fan of Tim Kennedy. Mm-hmm. You know, he has, he's one of those guys, he's always complained about, you know, the pay scale, yet he hasn't done anything to say it's like. Personally, I don't want to see you headline a pay per view. I wouldn't pay uh-huh. for that ticket. So I feel like he he's got some. Yeah. Even if he does fight again, he's not going to headline and, anytime and, soon. And his big th- storyline, he's going after all the PED user guys. And uh-huh. uh, how convenient that they're all big name guys who would be main events. Hmm. You know, I mean, he's trying to say, look, I'm he trying to. He also has terrorists after him. Yeah. The FBI had to warn him, hey, dude. Slow your roll on Twitter, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, no, I think there's a lot you can do with Tim. I don't know how much of a fan I am of him mm-hmm. uh, either for, for different reasons. But right. um, when he comes back, he'll he'll open his mouth. He will give you great sound bites. He's a guy that uh, that they can get behind, mm-hmm. you know, when the, when the time is right. But, yeah, he does complain a lot about things. And if he doesn't, clearly he's proven that he's happy to sit things out if need be, you know. He's yeah. got He's got a life away from fighting, so yeah, he doesn't need so this. It's true. Yeah, my own personal favorite division, the welterweight division, obviously headed by Robbie Lawler, who I think it, it's unofficially official is going to fight Tyron Woodley about time for Woodley. To... I thought it was officially it's official. Fair. I thought they had just okay. written it. UFC, was it 201? 202? Well, we're going for, yeah. I thought UFC it was 201. UFC 201. Um, if you want to see Robbie Lawler, Tyron Woodley, the fight I'm looking forward to, obviously, it's Wonder Boy, uh, Stephen Thompson versus Roy McDonald. Uh, Damian Maya, Matt Brown is going to be next week. That's going to be a big, big uh, welterweight tilt. Uh, don't know how Cerrone fits, and I know he's fighting a lot more in welterweight. Maybe he might make a run. What do you guys think? I don't see Cerrone making the big run at welterweight. Yeah, uh, matchups have helped out Cerrone a lot. Obviously, his first fight at welterweight helped him out. But I think that if things change at lightweight, he's going to jump at the chance to go back down there Uh because that's where he has the more natural weapons. He's Uh a bigger guy, taller guy. He loses that at welterweight, and he's going to need those advantages against the elite at the 170-pound division. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cerrone, he knows a guy. He's going to know a guy at 55 or 70, whatever's clever, you know. He's the guy where we see what happens in the next month or two as things fall out. Well, yeah, at least two, given, you know, the two two big matches in July. I get get the marketing factor of Conor McGregor, but it always upset me whenever Dana White was like, well, I'm going to do this for Conor because he's built us out. Uh, so is Donald Cerrone. That guy will fight at any single mm-hmm. time. So why don't you give him... I get the marketing. Aside from that, why don't you give him any kind of preferential treatment as far as, far as you know certain fights? I, I just thought that was a little like, dude, stop saying that, Dana. You keep, you're keep making yourself look bad. You know, well, I think you, now that we've mentioned him, the man of the hour, Conor McGregor, it is still, unfortunately, his world. Mm-hmm. I think, obviously, we no, need to say... I'm not, I'm not, I'm <laughs> no, not, I'm not, not even going to talk about the, UFC, the, the come Floyd Mayweather thing. You know, it... You know what? If he wins, well, we he gets a lot of power back. Well, if he doesn't, I, I if he see him back when? at 145. Well, and I well, think we can that's talk about the, the lightweight that. and the featherweight kind of bunching up together. I know we're going to wrap it up soon, but you know, you have the lightweight division he was supposed to fight in. He's yeah. obviously the big rumors. Obviously now UFC 202. 
Nate Diaz, but uh, oh my goodness. Rafael Dos is kind of the king of that division right now. He's supposed to fight Eddie Alvarez. Uh, we have Edson Barboza, who looked impressive against Gilbert Melendez coming up soon. Tony Ferguson versus Michael Chiesa, they just announced. Uh, what do you guys think of this division? Do you, Khabib, really, do you care? Uh, we had McGregor Diaz, and no one really was thrilled with it except for McGregor. Mm-hmm. And then it got taken away from us. And all of a sudden, we kind of wanted it. I think more we we're, were wanted it more because we were care. pissed off at McGregor. I don't care. You know, um, and now we're going towards it again. It looks like we may get it, and I'm kind of I'm I'm, I'm pissed about that, quite frankly. And if if you're gonna take McGregor and Diaz off of 200, then make McGregor defend his title. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I I think this thing about the rematch was stupid to begin with, um, and I, I don't think it was a work that you know he his pulling out tried to. You know, create buzz for for the match, but now that it's off the table, I don't want it back on the table. I'd say you know? strip him. I mean, obviously they're not, they're not going to strip him, but I yeah. mean, he's not going to fight at one forty five. They got to they got to restore to then. I think he has to because you know what? Uh, no one's going to care about one forty five unless the yeah. No, I, takes I, I totally agree. I mean, they're not going to do that. But I'm, yeah, yeah I'm no right. one wants to see someone fight for second place. I mean, as far they, as far as the sport aspect, put Josie Aldo, Frank Edgar, drop the interim. Max Holloway versus uh, Ricardo Lamas, mm-hmm. number one contender. Yeah, Max Holloway's been looking good. Yes. I don't know if BJ. I don't know where BJ Penn's gonna fit in. Obviously, he's probably not. I you think know. BJ Penn shouldn't but be coming back, but that's another something story. to keep in mind too. Henan Burrell's moving up to featherweight. Hmm. So he's gonna be fighting Jeremy Stevens in a few weeks. Oh, that is booked. At that, you're right, right, yeah. right. That's on he's the, uh, that be the Vegas event. fight night. That should be the main event. Event. But Thomas Almeida. Yeah. Talking about Thomas Almeida. Uh, he's in the bantamweight division. That's a guy who's uh, he's a guy to looking watch for. Pretty freaking good. Um, obviously, Dominic Cruz, top of that division. I mean, mm-hmm. you know what is really Dodson. Let's although, talk about John Dodson. John Dodson. Although I was gonna, I was gonna kind of tie it in with the flyweight division because flyweight division, there's there's not a single fight announced at least until UFC 200. You know what? We barely have any time. I'm just gonna say this: the flyweight division, it was a failed experiment. They thought they were gonna have depth. <laughs> oh, they don't. My ass. I, I say, you know what? They're gonna do something else. Mm-hmm. But no. Demetrius Johnson, he gets his the title shot at bantamweight. I will say this: yes, if no. Demetrius Johnson wants the shot. He should absolutely get it without any questions asked against Dominic Cruz. Easy. I know he wants that. Uh, wants to break Anderson Silva's record. And I think they're going to hold out for yeah. that as much as possible. But who, who's next? Who's they're, next for DJ? Do they do the Ultimate Fighter? They're going to the coaches on Wednesday. Find, oh, that's good. They'll find something. They'll keep that around because they want to keep all fighters. They're not going to kill a division just because yeah. they don't have it. No. 125 is here to stay. Like it or not. Joey B. Senior I, I want to see next. I know it's a bottleneck, but, but we're, it's we're, here. We're wrapping we're up soon. We'll find out later. We'll, we'll talk about the women's division next Chain week. Chain 10, 716. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hi, love you. Yeah. Give me like 15 seconds. Quick, quick, quick predictions for next week. I know we're not going to do the, the, the thing, but obviously next week, UFC 198 in Brazil. Huge show. Huge show. Who do you guys have? Verdum uh, defends the title. Defends it? Okay, what about, what about does he... Uh, successfully. Yeah, successfully defend yeah. it. Uh, you? Possibly. Um, I... I don't know. Plug your Twitter handle now. <laughs> you know what? Hey, Mom, happy Mother's Day. You know, all the mother figures out there who support me as well, thank you. But, Mom, you do a great job. As always, guys, find me on Twitter, at Double G on TV. Okay. Right. J10716. Mom, I'll see you soon. At G Hermosa, G-H-E-R-M-O-Z-A. This was fun. Can't wait for next week. We might go on a little bit late. I'll let you guys know. I don't know why. All I, don't, right. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, but we'll see. But, uh... Thank you, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening to Cayman Talk right now, because I'm so I'm so excited for next week. Brazil! We'll see you next week. 
from executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.